0: Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Friday, August 10, 2018. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, is Apple's secret car project back on? Is Elon Musk in trouble with the SEC? How many people use Apple Pay? Is Alexa coming to cars? And the weekend long reads suggestions. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Day two of What's Up with Elon Musk. On today's episode, Tesla's board of directors is reportedly going to meet with financial advisors to consider Musk's tweeted proposal to take the company private. Interestingly, the board is likely to tell Musk that if they do go ahead with this proposal, he will have to recuse himself from the decision-making process, and he will need his own separate set of advisors. Apparently, this is how Dell did it when it went private. Michael Dell recused himself from the process and had his own separate team. CNBC also reports that Musk has held talks with Saudi Arabia's Sarvan Wealth Fund about the Take Private deal. Saudi's public investment fund apparently purchased a 3 to 5% stake in Tesla not too long ago. So if it is the Saudis that are going to provide the funding, that might go some way to explaining why. The funding that Musk has tweeted he's, quote, secured can't just be named outright. The Saudis as investors also makes some sense as the country has long pursued an investment strategy of attempting to diversify beyond a fossil fuel dependent economy. But that's all assuming this is the Saudis. And it's assuming that there is anything solid behind this whole story, which is something people remain skeptical about. On Twitter, Blondes for Elon tweeted, quote, All's not well with the Tesla board. Important distinction. The issued statement was not issued by the board. It was issued by, quote, the following members of the board. Those members are speaking for themselves as a group, but not the board, end quote. Kai Rizdahl tweeted, Sounds for all the world like the board was in the dark. Josh Barrow tweeted, This is the corporate version of the thing where Trump tweets a policy directive and then his staff has to figure out what the hell it meant. And as you would expect, the Securities and Exchange Commission is looking into the situation. The agency apparently was already investigating Tesla. But after the tweet this week, that investigation is apparently, quote, intensifying. Quoting from a Business Insider piece, Legal experts told Business Insider that if financing has not actually been secured at the time of his tweet, which would count as a material statement under SEC rules, the billionaire most likely broke federal laws. The SEC's requirements say a company must file an official disclosure within four days of a major event. Those events are generally defined as an acquisition, leadership change, or something relating to the company's financial situation. In an email to employees that was later published on Tesla's website, Musk gave a few more details on the plan, leading with the fact that a final decision had not been made." End quote. John Gruber with an Apple Scoop on Daring Fireball Gruber writes that Doug Field, former senior vice president of engineering at Tesla, has returned to Apple to work under Bob Mansfield on Apple's Project Titan. This is newsworthy or at least speculation worthy because Project Titan is Apple's car project and we don't know exactly what that car project entails. A few years ago, the rumor was that Apple was going to design and build their own self-driving car from the ground up. But more recently, the rumors were that those ambitions were scaled back to something akin to Apple merely designing the OS for self-driving cars. But Field returning to Apple, where he worked previously, by the way, on Macs, not cars, but on the hardware side, and also under Bob Mansfield, by the way, might indicate that a full Apple car Could still be a possibility. Field left Apple to join Tesla in 2013, where he oversaw Model 3 production. Quoting from John Gruber, I wouldn't read too much into any single hire, and the employee exchange program between Apple and Tesla continues to flow in both directions, but I think it's an interesting hire primarily because it suggests to me that Apple still has an interest in making actual vehicles despite reports that the company has scaled back the project to merely make autonomous systems for inclusion in vehicles made by other companies. That rumor never really made sense to me anyway. Apple's modus operandi has always been to make the whole widget. Apple makes products, not components. Field returning to Apple also suggests to me that under Mansfield's leadership, the Titan project has regained its footing after its infamously rocky start, end quote. Speaking of Apple, that Cupertino company has led the way in trying to push us towards a future of digital payments, and of course efforts from Google, Samsung, PayPal, Venmo, Square, Stripe et al. have all been instrumental in pushing us to pay without ever again opening up our wallets. But how much traction has all this effort gotten? I'd say I use Apple Pay once a week at least, probably two or three times, but It's not like I see everyone in line ahead of me waving their phones at the cash register. Well, Gene Munster has some estimates about digital wallet penetration generally and Apple Pay usage specifically. Gene thinks that less than 20% of global smartphone users actually use their devices as wallets, but he believes that number will someday pass 80%. As for Apple Pay, Gene estimates there are 38 million active users in the U.S. and 215 million globally, which equates to 31% of the active iPhone user base. He also estimates that that 31% number is up from 25% just a year ago. Quote, Apple Pay is still too small to move the overall services business. Only about 1% to 2% of services revenue comes from Apple Pay, growing at around 40%. Today, Apple often markets the iPhone around the camera and its filters, portrait studio stage, notably with the Shot on iPhone campaign. In the future, we expect the digital wallet to be a marketable iPhone feature. You just knew this was coming eventually, or at least once you hear this, you'll be like, yeah, that was obvious. Amazon has announced an open-source Alexa SDK for cars called the Alexa Automotive Core. The SDK is freely available on GitHub and is designed to allow automakers to integrate Alexa into cars and onboard infotainment systems. So, Alexa, turn the air conditioning down just a scooch. This marks the first time Amazon has made a development kit specifically for vehicles. Quote, the auto SDK comes from the Alexa Auto team, which was first formed last year, and aims to help Alexa compete with Siri in Apple's CarPlay, Google Assistant in Android Auto, and SoundHound, whose Houndify platform is being deployed for voice control in Hyundai cars, and the NVIDIA Drive Autonomous Vehicle platform. The team has worked with car makers like Ford, as well as companies like Anchor, whose Rove Viva gadget plugs into a cigarette lighter and brings Alexa into cars without an infotainment console, all for around 50 bucks. ZocDoc.com slash techmeme, and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoccom dot slash techmeme. ZocDoc.com slash techmeme. With everybody fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy Live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. According to Crunchbase News, venture capital is on track to make 2018 a record year for unicorns. An analysis of Crunchbase data shows global unicorn funding is on track to surpass the record levels set just last year. Over $73 billion has been invested in companies valued over a billion dollars in just the first seven months of 2018. So that represents three quarters of last year's full number of $98 billion. Crunchbase counts 65 newly minted unicorn companies this year, compared to 82 in all of 2017. CrunchBase looked for trends and found a lot of new unicorns in the transportation space, see, of course, bird and lime, as well as in the personalization and recommendation space and, of course, in crypto. Quote, about a fifth of the 2018 total went to China's Ant Financial. In what appears to be the largest Series C funding round ever, the operator of the Alipay mobile payment app closed on $14 billion in June. Other recipients of multi-billion dollar funding rounds include South Asian ride hailing service Grab, which secured $2 billion, and JD Logistics, a subsidiary of Chinese e-commerce giant JD.com, which pulled in $2.5 billion. Time for the weekend long read suggestions brought to you by Betterment. About once a decade, someone comes along and disrupts an entire industry. In financial services, Betterment is that company. And first up, speaking of disrupting financial services, I don't actually cover a lot of fintech on this pod, and maybe I should do more. But among the big VC investment spaces for several years now has been fintech. Basically, VCs and entrepreneurs woke up like five or six years ago, and they were like, you know, we've had a good run with these ad-supported businesses like chat apps and social networks, but... Advertising is only a small percentage of the overall economy. What's an actual meaningful part of the economy? Well, healthcare and finance, of course. Finance, that's where the money's at. Thus, fintech. Companies trying to disrupt Wall Street and banking and investment, much like betterment. So I swear this is 100% a coincidence, but the first story I wanted to share was a long piece in Fortune magazine called Fintech Frenzy, Hype or Reality?, which takes a deeper dive into the fintech startup scene. If you're not familiar with this space, get educated. As the piece notes, we saw 5.4 billion invested in fintech startups in just the first quarter of this year. For perspective, fintech investment for all of 2014 was just under four billion dollars. So that's five x growth in four years. In 2001, per data from Venture Scanner, it was something like 300 million. Next, this is a long read that's on the shorter side, but it really spoke to me. Not to get all old man waves cane at y'all, but when I was a kid, we had one family computer. It lived in the den, or in a corner of the living room, or in the kitchen, and we all used it. Mama, Papa, Brother, Sister, The Verge has a cool little piece up waxing nostalgic for those days. For the days of the shared family desktop, and how, as it says... It sort of protected us from our own worse selves.: Quote, "Depending on when you peeked into the room, you might have found my dad playing solitaire, my sister downloading songs from Napster, or me playing Wheel of Fortune or writing my name in Microsoft Paint. The rules for using the family desktop were pretty simple: Homework trumped games, Dad trumped all. Like the other shared equipment in our house, its usefulness was focused and direct. It was a tool that the whole family used, and it was our portal to the wild, weird, wonderful internet. As such, we adored it, end quote. As Katie Reed says in the piece, a lot of digital anxieties that we have today weren't possible back when you had to share your computing, real estate, and time. Familial boundaries actually made it easy to maintain healthy usage habits and a healthy relationship with tech. Worth thinking about. Next, this may be a bit controversial, but that's why I picked it. The Lean Startup has been an entrepreneur bible for the last decade or so, but over in Quartz, Luis Perez Breva says it's overrated. Phrases like minimum viable product and fail forward were popularized by that book, but Perez Breva says that such notions have been worshipped to the point of stale orthodoxy. Quote, the lean startup ideology has sown a lot of confusion in cohort after cohort of my MIT students for a decade. The recipes have all the right sounding words and slogans. They seem to make so much sense. So how could they not work? But if lean startup works at all, it's only in hindsight when the complexity of the story makes it easier to forget what went into success. In addition to a fail fast mentality... Airbnb had a fundraising operation that attracted $4.4 billion in 14 rounds over 10 years and an internal hedge fund that yielded a 30% return on the side. It makes for a beautiful lean startup story only if you ignore all that, end quote. Now, I believe Mr. Perez Breva has a book of his own to peddle, so he might have a vested interest in poking holes in the lean startup. But hey, sacred cows need poking from time to time. Finally, two pieces from Wired. First, the interesting story of the radio spectrum that is being taken over by the telecom companies. It's the 600 megahertz band. Currently, a lot of things use that band specifically, most wireless microphones. If you use a wireless mic on the 600 megahertz band, you'll have until July 2020 to replace them once the spectrum gets taken over by T-Mobile. Who's being hurt by this? Schools, local theaters, quote, Even small community or school theaters can use 30 or more microphones, which, including ancillary gear, can cost $1,000 or more apiece. I'll need to replace at least 24 mics, which will cost at least 24 grand," says Brian Johnson, artistic director of the theater program at La Habra High School in California. The Shakespeare Theater Company in Washington, D.C. will spend $50,000 on new mics, says Tom Haygood, their director of production. It's an interesting story about money, power, and regulation. And finally, I highly recommend the true long read in Wired about the ultra-pure, super-secret sand that makes your smartphone possible. It's found only in rural North Carolina, and it's another lesson that the inputs and resources that make the modern digital economy possible are still things like sand. Quote, It's quartz, but not just any quartz. Spruce pine, it turns out, is the source of the purest natural quartz, a species of pristine sand ever found on Earth. This ultra-elite deposit of silicon dioxide particles plays a key role in manufacturing the silicon used to make computer chips. In fact, there's an excellent chance the chip that makes your laptop or cell phone work was made using sand from this obscure Appalachian backwater. It's a billion-dollar industry here, Glover says with a hooting laugh. Can't tell by driving through here. You'd never even know it, end quote. That's been the Weekend Long Reads brought to you by Betterment. Investing involves risk, of course, but as a TechMeme Ride Home listener, you can get personalized financial advice from real, live, licensed financial experts to gain actionable answers and guidance about what to do with your money. And you can get up to a full year managed for free by going to Betterment.com/ride. That's Betterment.com/ride. Betterment, outsmart average. And that's all for today. I've been your host, Brian McCullough. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian MCC, where I'll be tweeting a bit about Arsenal on Sunday. Football's back, everybody. My thanks to the Tech Meme editors for finding and organizing all the stories that we talk about every day. Follow them on Twitter at Tech Meme, and you can get their headlines tweeted to you in real time. Talk to y'all on Monday.